Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by uh, for this conversation, for this Kickstarter preview, for um, my chance to connect once again with two people who are on my podcast every night is game night a couple of times uh representing kara games now that i've practiced again <laughs> i'm pronouncing it correctly the greek word for joy enduring joy enduring joy and not just any old joy but the, the good kind of joy the one that endures That's um right. So for Kara Games has published a couple of games we've talked about, including Soul of the Empire uh, and the game that we're going to talk about today and its expansion, which is Commission. I love this game. <laughs> and we are talking about its expansion, which is on Kickstarter right now. We are, uh, it's a couple days into the Kickstarter by the time we post, uh, but the name of the expansion is The Call. And Oh, I can almost, there it is. Oh, There's yes. the box. <laughs> Uh, we lean out of the way. Commission the Call is the name. And thank Actually, you very much you, for having us on tonight. I think you have to lean back. Go ahead and lean back, like back into the green screen. I can't get far enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioned the Call. Uh, so we're going to be talking all about that. And we're going to focus kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of go inside out. So like let's go, go to the core of the game, the core of what's being offered, and then kind of to bring in some of the, you know, other issues. Uh, but... I want, let's start with the pitch. So you, I'm sure you've done a bunch of these interviews and you, you know, you kind of go around and do the, the, the Kickstarter, building the hype thing. I'm sure you have a pitch. <laughs> so the, uh, so the call uh, from both, uh, I'll talk mechanics and then Kat can talk to the theme. Uh, so mechanically, the call is adding a bunch of stuff into the game system that we're very excited about, right? So we're getting two new scenarios that's uh, in addition to the five that are in the base game. So now it'll be seven total scenarios in the game. And they're uh, totally turn the strategy on its head. So it's a, it's a new thing. And one of them in particular is very difficult. Passing the torch is the hardest scenario that's in the, in the game system and uh, really geared toward people who are looking for more of a challenge. Uh, the next thing that we're adding is two new apostles, player characters, uh, and then we're adding a solo play mode. So you can kind of make the game work by playing multiple characters, but that's not what this is, right? Mm -hmm. So this is an optimized, totally unique uh, solo play experience. Catherine, your head is gone. Sorry. There you are. <laughs> if you're listening on the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Your head. <laughs> uh, no, if you're listening on the so podcast. There's a card draft. Yes. There's a rotating uh, trial effect mechanic. There's new message die results. This is an optimized single player experience that works with all seven scenarios that are in the game with the expansion. Uh, and then the, the next last thing that we're adding is the chains module, which is an optional layer of complexity, uh, again, for experienced players who are looking for more of a challenge. And this adds negative cards into the faith deck for the first time. And those cards will affect both the player that has them and the team based on the choices that are made. We also are introducing a restore deck, which is a whole new set of cards that players can use to help each other deal with those chains. Uh, mm -hmm. So two new scenarios, two new apostles, a solo play mode, and the chains module. So 
chock full of stuff in this expansion. We're very excited. That's the mechanical side. Mm-hmm. Thematically. Well, actually, um, just to very, very quickly, the base game, reverse pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, with a deck building mechanic and, and, and kind of sorted out and, and um, thematically immersive, I guess is uh, not yeah. that pandemic isn't. But uh, one of the things that uh, Commission has consistently been recognized for is how well the theme kind of oozes uh, out of everything. And we wanted to make sure we uh, continue that with the call. Wonderful. Okay, so t- let's talk about the theme, Kat. So the base game deals primarily with external pressures or conflict from outside the church and the trials that the church had to overcome because of those external forces. Like the, the Romans and the, um, like, so there was a, you, right, it, religious it, 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 oppression, government mm-hmm. persecution, and then natural disasters. Mount Vesuvius of, just exploding yeah. in the middle of your game. Yep. Right. Sure. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Uh, the call is going to deal with internal conflict and internal pressures. Mm-hmm. So as Patrick mentioned, there are the two new scenarios. The first is passing the torch, which, sorry, the first is the Council of Jerusalem, which deals with the first major conflict within the church, this mm-hmm. first theological conflict. Do you have to become a Jew to become a Christian? And so that, that desire to return to um, the old systems or mm-hmm. traditions or rules, which is something that we continue to deal with as the church today, this desire to abandon the call of grace and turn back into our traditions, our religious you know, practices and our rules and, and forgetting that God called us to grace mm-hmm. and the freedom that is incorporated in that call. Uh, the second scenario is passing the torch, and it has it deals with uh, the division that happens within a church when it lacks leadership. So as the apostles begin to die off, they are faced with the challenge of raising up a second generation of leadership. So passing the torch to this new generation of leadership and the conflicts that happen within churches because of power struggles or selfish ambition as leadership is yeah, I mean, lacking. If, if you read the New Testament, like every church has a problem and they're all different problems, right? But every church has got a problem because the apostles would create a church and then move on to create a new church. And that, mm-hmm. that church that they, that they leave behind needs a leader. And so how do, you, how do you train up leaders fast enough to take mm-hmm. care of all these churches? And you had like Paul, the Pauline letters were letters to those churches addressing those particular problems. So like, you know, yeah. there'd be worldliness over here and there'd be, how do you deal with these lazy people over here? What do you do? Right. <laughs> and it, it was, it's a, you can't take the beginning of the church for granted, so to speak. Like it was a very kind of messy thing. And if you are completely unfamiliar with commission, like you're watching this, you haven't seen the previous content, like this is a historical game. Right. You know, there's a theological perspective, right? And you don't have to know a thing about the church or history or the Bible to play the game. Like that's all just the setting of Mm -hmm. the game and you play totally ignorant and that's totally fine. Well, Mm -hmm. I think that's an important part for all of our games. They're, they're built that way. Right. So we have two goals when we make games and one is that a person of any faith background or none can sit down and have a great time playing. It's a good game, right? That's, 
That's the that's goal number one, right? Goal it's a number very two. good game, by the way, guys. It's a very, <laughs> very good game. Goal this. number two is that, a, is that a Christian can sit down and resonate with the theme at a deeper level and learn something along the way, having a good time, right? So mm-hmm. this isn't an educational game, right? We're, that's not what we're, we're not out to tell you what to think or uh, to force you to think a single way. We're just putting you into the circumstance and allow you to learn from there. So that's the scenarios. Yeah. What about the apostles? Yeah. I mean, like you think of any historical game, like, you know, I have freedom up, up the underground railroad, like kind of sitting right yeah. over there. And, you know, you have uh, the coin game that's like soaked in all this history. Like it stands mm-hmm. with those games in terms of like, you know, there's history and it's there and it's there. Like you have like the separate book that kind of yeah. sums up the different characters and the scenarios and everything. Right. So, you know, I think, you know, what Kat was talking about with the kind of theological stuff, like that's the things that people are arguing about. You know, yeah. that, and, and people in history are arguing about that. Just, I really want to mention, emphasize that, like, this is not a preachy game. This is not like, you know, a Bible categories or whatever. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, this is, it's a, it's a steeped in history, but, you know, ancient history is religious history. That's just like, you know, that you yeah. can't really escape that. So just letting people know what they're in for. Um, but if you can get into, like, if you can just get over that little barrier, you're getting a good game. You're getting some yeah. good history. Well, and we some... specifically test with, you know, atheists and, yes. and Jewish folks and, and people from all different backgrounds to make sure that this is a fun experience for everyone. Uh, you know, most people will look at the art or the theme and say, no, that's not for me. And that's fine, right? But, you, but those people can sit down and we continually hear stories from folks who take the game and they play it with, uh, you know, family members or friends who aren't Christians and they all have a great time playing around the table, which is really the point of games in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's where that enduring mm-hmm. joy comes from. It's from the relationships around the table, not from the, not from the game itself. Absolutely. But apostles, um, I think, is where we're going next. So we are talking, well, actually, okay, good, good, sorry. Okay. Um, so the two new apostles are mm-hmm. women, which is oh, not strictly, okay. you know, not strictly biblically named as apostles. One was a deacon mm-hmm. and one was a teacher. A teacher. Uh, so we've gone with Priscilla and Phoebe okay. as the new player characters. So now the ladies can sit down to the table and have, you know, a face that they identify with and a character that they can choose that, wonderful, you know, feels good. Um, but these are women who made major contributions to the early church. And so we felt it was appropriate to, acknowledge the contribution of women. I mean, even in Jesus's ministry, his ministry was funded much by the work of women who were behind the scenes, you know, feeding the apostles along the way. Um, so they made a contribution. It was worth nodding to their contribution to the early church Excellent. growth. And then chains. So the chains module thematically is dealing with sin. So if you've ever played another deck building game like trains where you have the trash Mm-hmm. cards that is mechanically what the chains do in gameplay is it's slowing down your deck but mm-hmm. as patrick mentioned the restore deck i think is the really beautiful thing thematically about the whole chains module and it's simply exploring what is this pro- process of restoration supposed to look like and do we do it right or do we fail mm-hmm. because Telling someone that you see sin in their life is always ugly, but it's meant to be done in love 
and in grace. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we do it well and sometimes we don't, but typically across the board, church does not do discipline well right now. And so we felt like thematically it was something interesting to poke our finger into and, and hopefully spur some conversations. Well, there, you know, the reality is that we're, we're all broken people. Yeah. Right? We've all got baggage. No, We've all got hurts and hangups. Yeah. I mean, so anyone who says that they've got it all together is, is lying to you through their teeth. And that's, <laughs> that's the issue you need to address. Right. But, um, and, and we're in that as well. But I, I think, you know, there's the, there's the approach of wanting to, to help someone get to a healthier place is, is the heart Mm-hmm. behind restoring. And, and so often the person who's doing the approach has a different agenda going on and that, that tubes the event before you're, you're ever able to, to help the person. On the flip side, sometimes as the person, you just don't want to deal with, you're not ready to deal with what the, what the person is, is bringing into light. And so the restore deck offers a choice from one player to another and the, the, the result of the choice mm-hmm. affects both players. And so it, it thematically and mechanically merges mm-hmm. really well uh, through that and allows you to, to kind of explore that with some discussion. I think also the great thing about the, the negative cards is, you know, like trash in your hands in, in a deck building game just takes away the opportunity for something else. The chains in your hand do that, but if you play them, they make the board situation worse for the entire team but if you don't play them, they're going to take away your opportunity to get stronger cards in your deck building mature, mature phase. phase. Mm. So you have to like, you, you really have to work through and balance. Who am I playing with? Do they have the ability to offset what we're dealing with as a team? Or do I need to take this one on the chin myself and mm-hmm. save the team? And so there's some really interesting choices that come up from that simple dilemma. Do I hurt myself or do I hurt the team? Right. Uh, which I think it also is worth saying that all of these components are like choose your own adventure like you don't have to play commission with everything in the expansion box although I will you, you will eventually <laughs> but like you shouldn't start there <laughs> you shouldn't start there um, we've actually in the rule book we've laid out kind of a chart of kind of start here like if you know commission, here's the next layer and, and now play it with this mm-hmm. to make it more interesting and then layer on this. And then, so you can kind of build up mm-hmm. to yeah. um, at the warm beers were saying that they had played mm-hmm. um, passing, passing the, the torch. torch with chains like four or five times and were had yet to win it because mm-hmm. it was just that's, so sticking hard. That's as hard. hard as it gets. That's as hard. Oh, but the one thing we haven't talked about yet is the art on the solo playboard. Oh, yeah. Okay. You want to cover that? Okay. So the solo playboard, obviously, you're alone, right? If you're going to be playing alone, who biblically would you choose to represent going off into the unknown alone? And so we chose the Ethiopian eunuch Mm. um, who has this amazing encounter is baptized on the side of the road. Is that him behind you? Uh, uh, Behind your right shoulder? Yes. Yes, Yes, there he is. Um, And then the person who leads him to faith, carried off by the spirit and gone. Mm. And he's literally there with this seed of faith. And we know nothing else about him from the scripture. But what we do know from church history is that a thriving, healthy church developed in Ethiopia. 
And so we concluded from that that it was through his efforts that God used this one man to birth a church in Ethiopia. And so we thought, what a, what a beautiful opportunity to showcase, you know. Nice. What's your tagline? By yourself, but never alone. That's right. Mm. That's awesome. So you started to get into my next question. And I have this question of every expansion. So every expansion adds and every expansion fixes, right? Ah. So then um, you have to add (laughs) more stuff. That's just a bit. But I think like a lot of designers use the opportunity of expansion to kind of like readdress something in the base game. And I want to specifically mention the deck building because I think that people, if you're going to have a critical stance on commission, it will be in the deck building. In the base game, it's very simple, very simple. And I remember asking you about that at the time. And it's like, you know, this game is meant to be um, uh, in, you know, for simple, simple gamers, right? You know, people yeah. who don't want a whole bunch of stuff, they're going to make the deck building simple. There's not a lot of cards. Sometimes the cards just have symbols, not words, and just like very, very simple. And that's great for that particular style of gamer. But then people who wanted a deeper experience didn't find it there. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is, and tell me if I'm, if, if this is uh, not where you were going, I'm hearing that changes your answer to that. Well, there's, there's two things that we're doing in answer to that, right? So the common complaints from a person who loves a game like Dominion or Hearthstone or any of those meaty deck building uh, card games, which what you're going to say is you don't have enough choice or control over what's going into your deck in Commissioned. And that was done on purpose to keep the game simple, right? And then you don't have uh, enough... Uh, rigor or challenge in the deck building process. There's not anything that's kind of working against you from the deck building standpoint. Um, And so for the first part, for all of the expansion games, and and actually you can play all of the base games this way now, that's how we lay it out in the rule book, is we create a mature pool. So our cards are divided into four tiers, Mm -hmm. one, two, three, or four faith points. And so now instead of just drawing off the top of the deck and then choosing between one of two options, now the mature pool is created that has three face up at each level plus the face down. So you get a lot more options Mm -hmm. and a lot more control about what you're going to bring into your deck each time you go through the mature phase, which answers a lot of player um, control and randomness kind of issues. Um, We are adding a bunch of new cards, new faith Mm -hmm. cards, uh, options to to get into your deck to deal with some of the new trials uh, and the new scenarios specifically. So we've added uh, at all different levels, one, two, three, and four all have new faith cards uh, Mm -hmm. being added to the game. So more options there, more replayability in the trials. And then from the chain standpoint, for, for people who want more challenge in deck building, then the chains module is, is, there it is. specifically made for you, right? Mm-hmm. And this is good. We tell you up front, it's going to make the game 15 to 20 minutes longer. Um, but you're adding in the negative cards into your hand that complicate your choices because the chains don't prevent you from, like, you don't have to get rid of your chains to win the game. But they're just going to slow everything down until you deal with them. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out how am I going to deal with them? And am I going to be able to, uh, to get them out of my hand early so that I can mature and continue to develop? Do I need to hold them so I don't get crushed on the board? Uh, do my restore deck, does that help me? Does it hurt me because we do a bad job with that? Like all of this works together and creates mm-hmm. a much more satisfying 
deck building experience. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a Dominion level, Hearthstone level deck builder because that's not the intent, right? Mm -hmm. But this scratches those itches uh, for the players who are looking for just more rigor in those Mm -hmm. systems. Okay. Um, Okay, so... I want to fix, this is a silly thing, but the color of the player pawns in the base game, the orange does not match the tan on John's board, and that drives me bonkers. Guess who's responsible for that? (laughs) So, one of the new player mats is orange, Mm. and if I can make it happen, the player pawn that comes in the expansion box will actually be tan. That's right. To match John's board. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I've I've learned to not trust myself with colors anymore. Right. (laughs) The attention to detail is what I'm hearing. (laughs) This game is very layered. Like I, I like to describe a game like this as like dying wool. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to, it's, it's multiple, like, you know, you have to kind of go in and in and in and in to make sure you get every single little corner and there's no, and it's all smooth. And I feel like that, you know, in terms of the theme, the attention to detail, uh, you know, this is for this gamer, this is for this gamer. It just feels like this game has just been worked and worked and worked. And it yeah. sounds like the call is addressing some of the areas that weren't died so hard like okay like more deck building and more color coordination more representation um solo so i'm curious about the solo mode and i'm sure my audience is is curious about that as well you could have just left it there like you could have just left it at okay i'm going to play this as a two-player game it's fine i love playing commission two-player just it's not that hard like the decks aren't that complicated so it isn't overwhelming did you was that community feedback was that, or was it that was. just like, so that was specifically community feedback? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the design is, is ours. The design didn't come out of that, but the need for a solo play, mm-hmm. uh, a play mode, like a, a, a real solo experience, not just trying to make the game work as multiple players. Uh, that, that came out probably really heavily about six months after the game release. So mid 2016, uh, we started to, uh, get named on a couple of Dice Tower top 10 lists and the games were selling really quickly. And, and people started to think, well, well, how do I, can I play this solo and, and how does that work? Uh, and, and for us, since our whole mission is, is about relationship creating and building through the game, that was not in our initial vision uh, for this player experience. And so how do you take uh, a completed player experience in a base game and change it to work for a solo player, but to give you the same immersive feel that you get in the in the multiplayer version was really what we set out. And, and it took a couple of iterations to try to get to the right mix of mechanical uh, randomness, but increased control. So mm. like in, a, in a solo mode, you deck build every time you go through the turn, every single turn mm-hmm. you're deck building. And that gives you more access to the deck as a solo player than you will have as a as a multiplayer type of experience. Which again, uh, you know, a certain group of the audience is really going to like that particular aspect of gameplay. But then, how do you uh, rotate the trial effects around the board when there's only one apostle, one player in the game? And so we had to come up with some new 
mechanical items to to work at a very basic simple level that don't interrupt and add a lot of uh, overhead or station keeping to the game mm -hmm. but allow it to flow the way the systems were designed to work and so that took some some tweaking to get mm -hmm. to Okay. Uh, Sam Healy was the person who talked about it a lot on the Dice Tower. He's no longer with the Dice Tower, but I'm happy that I will be picking up that baton and <laughs> doing yeah. a video for the Dice Tower when it comes down. So you guys will have the coverage. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I can't be objective over here. I love this game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. Bias alert. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and you know, as a small company, uh, Commissioned is the game that has kept us in business. We have four games now, and this is our first expansion, but we have sold almost 6,000 copies of Commissioned, which for a small game company, that's a, that's a huge deal. And so we are very thankful to, to Sam and to other reviewers like you that have uh, helped us spread the word as a small company. You know, with 3,000 games getting released every year, it is really hard to get noticed um, and, and for people to even know that you exist. And so podcasts like this and reviews and stuff, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so I, so there was, so there's all these different modes. I think we've covered everything in terms of like the, just the call. Is there anything else that we've missed? We've missed the solo, the representation in terms of the, the apostles. We got the color coordination, which we're going to try to address. Um, so, um, the, the, the improved deck building. Um, is there anything about the call that we need to cover before we move on to some other topics? Well, I just want to say a, a personal thank you to, we have a small army of play testers oh, sure. that getting this, especially the chains module, the chains module was very difficult to balance and tweak to get the right level of difficulty uh, with the, the right mix of theme. Uh, you know, standard for me, I tried to put way too much into it and it was way complicated and then we oversimplified it and we find it took four rounds of, of print and play public testing to get this expansion to where it needed to be to go to Kickstarter. And so mm -hmm. we just want to say a huge thank you to the folks out there uh, who have, have helped us test this game. It's made a tremendous impact for us. Yeah. Outstanding. That's great. So that is Commission The Call, which is currently on Kickstarter right now. Uh, go ahead and check that project out. Um, I did want to check in with, I guess, car games yeah. in general. And... I, you know, I'm a, not, I'm, I don't hide it. I am a, a Christian person. I'm very, you know, faithful. It's very active in my life, both in my work and outside. I guess like as a, as a outwardly Christian company, we've talked about this before. Don't want to repeat the same things, but like it's been four years, you know, and I guess just kind of like checking in and, and like, how is it going? Is it, uh, has it been bumpy? Have you encountered issues with it? Or is it kind of like kind of grown and like, like flowered, so to speak? Like, I'm very curious about that experience. So you're asking about the company specifically, yeah. okay? I guess like the comp the company and also the the I, the Christian identity and how it's interacted with the larger gaming space. How is that? How's that going? Four years into this little experiment. So we started Cara Games because there was no Christian presence in the in the board game space, right? Uh, so. Uh, when we designed Commission, we actually talked to 20 different publishers and wanted somebody else to do the publishing work, but they wouldn't take it because of the religious theme. And so um, we started the company to, to make an outlet for that. Since that time, there have been three or four other 
companies that have come along uh, that deal with either overtly Christian or what you could call allegorical or metaphorical uh, Christian type of games. Uh, there have also been the rise of several community groups within the board game space like Love Thy Nerd, which sits over here, or <laughs> Inroads, which is you know right next to it. Um, those, those folks and those communities do a great job of having meaningful conversations within the game space, uh, kind of bridging that gap between um, uh, issues of faith and issues that are uh, really important to gamers and nerds of all different uh, varieties, right? So kind of there has been a, a growth in the acceptance and the role and the place for uh, Christian topics within the game space. Um, for us as a company, it has been a bumpy road. Um, so we re released uh, Soul of the Empire in October of 2018. Uh, and, and our next thing is going to Kickstarter and it's October of 2020. So you can tell that there's a two year gap there <laughs> and there's a four year gap, four and a half year gap mm -hmm. between commissioned and the release of the, or the Kickstarter launch of the call, which is longer than we wanted to be. And part of that is the time it took to get the design right. Right. You want, we, as a small company, we want to make sure we get the design right before we release a product because we don't have the opportunity or the resources to redo it. Um, but around your you job, know, around homeschooling for children, around <laughs> right, all around the things. Life, you know, right. we got hit by a hurricane two years mm. ago. Just life happens. Um, it continues to be a problem to advertise within the Christian space yeah. that we are a Christian board game company. So that's continues to mystify why there's not some <laughs> coalesced way to communicate yeah. within the body that hey we're here making this thing you want mm -hmm. yeah when we, funny. when we started we thought we would sell games to churches and christians and and you know different groups and, and things like that and it'd be like 90 percent there and then 10 percent to the the gaming market and it's the total reverse, 90% yeah. to the gaming market mm -hmm. and 10% to Christians when they, when they choose to notice us and, and aren't pointing their fingers about being such bad people for playing games. Mm. Um, wow. So yeah, it's, it's been, that, that still happens journey. Like you still get the, Oh yeah. I, I got right. a, I got a Facebook post today that said, well, I won't go into that. It was, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> so Just on the line of like games are somehow not a part of the Christian life. Well, and, and if you have to play a game, your faith is probably weak, was essentially the content wow. of the post. Wow, okay, interesting. Um, that, that you are essentially wasting your time mm -hmm. um, with, uh, with games in general, which mm -hmm. um, even with the, the, the vast spread of video games and the growth of the board gaming industry, it just kind of boggles my mind that there are still people that think that, but apparently they do. Yeah, wow. Another interesting blip on our, like, the negative side was we had the game commissioned banned from a con. Mm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Along with, what was the other one that, that was banned at that con? Oh, I don't remember. It was up in Washington State. I forget exactly. But, like, the game that, the other game that was banned was basically banned for violence and, right. you know, horrible, terrible content. 
and there we are, banned right next to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, not from a from a gaming con. Not sure that you've played our game, but okay. From from a gaming con. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, I think so. I think we're going through this now and like just not just the religious space, but like just any cultural thing. Like you say the word politics, right? Politics. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's a certain segment of of the population, the gay population that just, they don't want to hear anything past that. Right. Like, you know, I I remember I put up a video in response to black lives matter and, you know, just kind of talking about my experience with it and all kind of thing. Like it's not a political issue to me. It's a human issue to me. And like, the the ne- I got mostly positive comments. I liked it, but the negative comments were nobody watched the video. It was just politics, like no politics. That was it. And I could see someone looking at your game and kind of having that same instinctual reaction yeah, of like religion. no religion. Just no, no, no. It, it, religion equals bad. Religion equals like people arguing and all kind of stuff. No. Right. And. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the apostles knocking on doors and there's certain doors that don't open. You have to kind of move on and <laughs> go to the next well, one. It's, it's interesting because those those same people will sit down and play a game about Cthulhu or, or play a game about, you know, Vikings or, you know, whatever else. Right. And, and and it's it's totally fine. But yeah, anyway, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting environment out there. Most wow. people, the the vast majority of people, and I, th- I think this is important to say, we get way more criticism from the Christian side of the wow. spectrum than we get from the gaming side of the spectrum, especially at cons. Like if, and when we're at a convention, people who would, you know, they'd never darken the door of a church. They want nothing to do with Christianity. They will come and they will look at our game and, you know, give us the time of day and, and have a great conversation mm-hmm. uh, and, and walk away from it. And that's the wonderful thing about the gaming space, right? Is that people are in their happy place when they're in their gaming space and you can sit down around a table and get to know someone that you would never interact with uh, otherwise. And so, you know, we, we talk about some of these pressures that we face and we do, you know, we've, we've been, you know, eliminated from distribution in places uh, because they didn't want to deal with a religious theme. You know, Mm -hmm. those things happen, but they are by far the exception, Mm -hmm. The, the rule of the community within the gaming sphere has been very, very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people aren't interested, then they just move on. Right. Like, because they're, they're there to have fun and to mm-hmm. have a good time. They, they're not looking to, to create a negative environment. And, so, and there's 3,000 games to choose from. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, could, you can walk down the shelf and deal with something totally different, right? And, yeah. and, and have a good time. Uh, on the Christian space, I think we face a lot more vocal criticism wow. uh, mm-hmm. from every end of the spectrum. Uh, so that that's been an ex- interesting experience as well. Hmm. Doesn't cause a lot of Kara. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's so much better about let it roll. Don't yep. eat. You, you cannot win mm-hmm. by responding. You're right. only going to get in the mud right. and don't go there. Well, that I think is is you know our culture um, has lost the ability to have a civil discourse. We right. we are too busy shouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to listen. And when you stop listening, it's no longer a conversation. Now it's a, it's a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I love the fact that the gaming space still has the ability to have a civil discourse that you can sit down and play a game and maybe you like the theme, maybe you don't, but you can still have fun playing the game and spending time with the people around the table. And maybe you play the game again, maybe you don't. 
Um, but at least you have had fun and you've learned and, and you have, you walk away from that an improved person. Um, and, and that I think, I think politics could learn a lot from gaming. Uh, that standpoint. <laughs> I think gaming has the advantage a of like, you know, smaller people and, you know, where two or three are gathered and all that. Yeah. And B like, and this is actually kind of psychological stuff. Like, I mean, after two or three plays or something, the theme kind of drops off. So like anything that you have a issue with, if the game is good, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need like, you know, maybe this bothers me about like Cthulhu, you mentioned Cthulhu, like as a mental health practitioner, kind of it's probably bothers me a little bit. Mm. Um, it's like, all right, I'm going to try to get past this and look at what this is offering to my gaming space. It's offering something really good. And I guess the same is true of commissioned as well. Cause like, you know, I can, you know, look at the little meeples and like they're spreading Christianity. And I have like a thought about that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I have a board full of cubes and I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like or I you started, didn't, but it was so close. <laughs> <laughs> I started up in the upper right-hand corner, and I spread the cubes, and I did my deck, and I. <laughs> That's right. And I don't need to have that stuff. So, like the fact that that core fun experience is available to us, no matter what the theme is. Right. You know, and the theme is there for as an entry point. The theme is there to kind of like introduce a headspace and people who. Um, for whom that is lively, then they'll keep it there. But for most gamers, it's, I, I'm learning that too, right? I'm learning, I'm a thematic gamer and it just, it's, it's astounds me every time how many, how few people care. Mm. <laughs> they want their mechanical experience. And I guess in a different way, you're learning that. Like the people who can get past that layer and into yeah. the guts of it, they're seeing it and going, wow, this is really cool. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and thank God for that because it yeah. means that you're able to make more stuff. It means we're able to, yes. you know, so we have the, we have commissioned the call and I imagine, you know, car games is working on other stuff too. Yep. We've got, we've got a couple ideas. We'll, we'll see how things, <laughs> things pan out every, you know, all these Kickstarters make a tremendous difference for yeah. us. They really propel us for the next year, year and a half. Uh, so we'll see how all that kind of pans out. But mm-hmm. I did want to say that I think one of the things that, uh, has made commissions so successful mechanically are the things that we, oh, we lost you again. There you are. Sorry. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> For the podcast listeners, the green screen is, is playing havoc. It's, it's fine. Though. It's, fine. <laughs> it's a mess. Good times. Good times. In, invisible woman. Um, uh, but what I was going to say is the alpha gamer problem, right? This is a problem that a lot of cooperative games uh, deal with. Uh, and we worked very hard in commissioned with a couple of unique mechanics uh, passing the decision-making authority around the board mm-hmm. and then combining that with a control of communication that varies from round to round does a really good job uh, at controlling uh, potentially one person who wants to try to run everybody's game for them. The other thing that commission does, because everyone is building their own deck, you everybody has to make their own decisions about how they're managing their deck. And so there is a designated space for every player that nobody else can interfere with. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for a a cooperative game that deals with that alpha gamer issue head on, then commissioned uh, is one of the the few that handles that really, really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there's a couple of things in the base game, like the the message die, you know, you can only if it hit the message die. So do you have, is, is more of that in there in the call? So it's, it's all built in. Um, so in, in the same, it will work the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have to really add anything to, to fix that alpha gamer issue. Uh, 
we've just expanded kind of how it works in terms of the, the content that the players are dealing with uh, on, on a turn by turn mm-hmm. basis. But the, there, it, there wasn't anything that we introduced that broke that. So we didn't really have to refix it. Cool. All right. Um, so, I mean, we're, I mean, we've talked about commission, the call, we've talked about kind of the larger context and I, I, I'm really surprised. <laughs> These are some things that I would never have known. I've never kind of like gaming out your future. I've never would have guessed. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much you can share about future releases or anything like that, but is there anything that you can share <laughs> or like indications of future projects or is it more just kind of all percolating? Uh, so, so we have a, a couple of outside designs, uh, outside designers that we are working with uh, for potential publication in the future. We can't really talk about those concepts at all because they're contractual things that would have to happen first. Um, The one idea that we are toying with and we have been toying with for a very, very long time (laughs) is a a children's game. So if you're not familiar with car games, we've got a cooperative game that's kind of medium weight We've got an asymmetric strategy game that's a medium heavy kind mm-hmm. of way that's Soul of the Empire. We've got a light strategy card game that's very basic. It's for entry level gamers called Three Seeds. And then we've got a social deduction game. So what you're picking up on is we don't have a genre of games that we fit in. Mm-hmm. We try to cover the spectrum. Uh, and so one area that we haven't at all walked into is younger gamers mm-hmm. uh, and creating a game for kids say you know like seven and up Um, and that is a different design challenge to create a game that is fun for kids to play but their parents will enjoy it too Um, so the game that we designed died in playtesting because it was a noah's ark theme Mm -hmm. and some of the animals were dying and the children did not like that (laughs) So if, I, if I was one of those play testers and I remember because the way you had it set up was like you actually kind of made choices on which animals died. Yeah. And right. the people I played with were like, what am I doing? It had a shrinking board mechanic um, built into it as you know, the water was rising kind of a thing. And uh, and rescue polar bears really did this mm. very well, mm-hmm. uh, and and that came out. Yep, yeah, there, it, there is, it is, right there. Um, so, I mean, they they did that really well, and and they they didn't have to kill off the animals. Although it was fun to watch people always choose to kill the spiders. That was <laughs> that was that was pretty comical. The spiders and the snakes very rarely made it to the ark, but they're they're so he's dying. So, so what we. What we've been working on is kind of flipping it around to instead of the entrance to the arc, the exit from the arc uh, and, and trying to, to think about what it would be like um, to be coming out of the arc into a fundamentally different world uh, and, and how that would have, uh, what would have been involved for uh, the people in the arc and the animals in the arc. And so we've been toying with some ideas of, of how we can make that work. And, and I think we have gotten to uh, what is an exciting, potentially new kind of tile building, map laying nice. out uh, kind of mechanic. Uh, requires a lot more work, but uh, I think that in the future, if we get to do a kid's game, that is going to be the core of it. 
And, you know, uh, you, you put out a call on Twitter for playtesters and, you, and you're pretty active in terms of reaching out to people. I mean, you know, car games, a lot of small publishers too, but I can definitely vouch for this particular company. Want your feedback. They want, they want to make this a more a collaborative thing. Doors are wide open in terms of, you know, being a part of the process and feedback and all that kind of thing. Uh, where can the peoples reach you to talk about commissioned and any other projects that are coming up? Absolutely. So, we have a Facebook group called Cara Games Teammates Enjoy. Uh, that's what we call our fans. That's what we've always uh, called our fans. And that is, the, that is the best place to go if you want to connect and interact with us uh, on a, on a kind of time-sensitive basis. If you have questions, we are usually close to a device that has Facebook, <laughs> and so we can answer that pretty quickly. For good or um, ill. That's right. <laughs> uh, the other option is you can go to our, our website, caragames.com. That's C-H-A-R-A games.com, all one word. There's a contact us page, uh, and that will allow you to email us uh, with a, you know, whatever uh, that you're looking to engage us with. And we send out a monthly email uh, to just let everybody know what's going on with us. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about the designs that we're working on. We'll talk about um, the play test that's coming up and, and we're, we'll be asking for folks. Uh, and as a small company, you're always looking for more play testers. So right. uh, usually it's a print and play kind of format uh, and we'll send out a feedback sheet that goes with it. Uh, that's kind of how that process works. Obviously right now, you know, all of our communication outwardly right now is about, uh, the call Kickstarter. Um, we're very excited about what we've been able to put there. And so that's where all those groups are geared right now. But that doesn't mean uh, if you don't want the call, but you want to join us and, 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 and prepare for future play tests, we would love to have you. Sure. All right. So that was Pat and Kat Lysai from, from Car Games talking about Commission to Call and all things uh, Car Games. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck with the Kickstarter coming up. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to join in our discussion, join us on Discord, where you can join us live through chats or play games with us. You can also support us at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week with another top five list.